Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now grab a mug of your favorite beverage and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Hey friends and welcome. We're here today without our lovely Jace. He's currently sewing into his family on a yes. wonderful vacation. Where? Or do we not want to talk about where? Um, he's having a miserable time, I'm sure. <laughs> currently cruising the caribbean i think oh lord if there's ever a time to transport it's right now i know right (laughs) but in case you can't already tell who's with me this is benjamin and i'm joined by our wonderful pastor aj hey guys aj swice the man the myth the legend i'm excited i'm so excited to have you we do miss Jace, though. We honestly, anytime Jace isn't in my presence, my heart is a little sad. <laughs> yeah. If not completely sad. Oh, <laughs> I love it. But um, you know this. Our listeners probably know this if they've been listening along. But we've been in a many-week series now. I think this is week five of talking about Ruth Ward Heflin. Oh, what a legend. Honestly. Her book, Glory. Ruth experiencing the atmosphere of heaven man she's got a lot of wisdom and what's i think what's fun for me about her experience is that it's so different from my experience Mm -hmm. it's like she has a lot to say that is just kind of foreign to me in some ways it feels foreign i guess but in other ways it feels so familiar because it's our it's the same god you know it's so beautiful yeah it's fun i feel like i think we've talked about this obviously in the office before one of my favorite things about the book is just how she, I, I feel like so much of what she says is simple. Yeah. Like, uh, I really appreciate that. It's mm-hmm. like so simple and I don't know, like tender and like there's pastoral yeah. care in the midst of it. I, I've just, I don't know. I've really enjoyed it. I think there's like a lot of, questions in my life that I've had about worship and the prophetic and the spirit realm and all this stuff. And for some reason, like the way she like communicates, like made me realize like, Oh, it's okay to just have questions and, or just believe or I I don't know. She's just great. I love her. I can't wait to meet her in heaven. (laughs) Amen. Wow. That's so lovely. Yeah. She changed my life. Wow. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think she's changing mine. Actively. <laughs> Actively, I love it. She's just given, la- I think the language yeah. is so important and she just gives such easy, simple language that I feel like all of us can understand uh-huh. and it's stretching. I don't know. Have you guys talked about like the last chapter at all yet? And we haven't talked about glory yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're just beginning to, I love it. it. that whole part. So we've talked about praise. We've okay. talked about worship. Um, that classic line that she says many times that we are to praise until the spirit of worship, worship comes, comes. then worship until the glory comes. Yep. And then once the glory is here, we stand, stand in the glory. Yes. 
Yeah. So that has been, I think through the book, it's the most common thing spoken. It's the thread that ties everything else together. And it's what we've mentioned in the podcast, but we haven't really talked about glory yet. And part of why I wanted to talk about you, talk about glory with you is because I think you have um, just a really unique experience with the Lord Mm -hmm. in that you hunger for his glory and have experienced his glory. In like a host of ways, and maybe that hasn't looked the same as Ruth Ward Heflin. I don't really yeah. know, but oh, she's um, much more mystical than <laughs> I am. I mean, I would say I'm yeah. like on the like mystical side of things. I would say I'm I'm definitely on the like mystical side of like mm-hmm. spirituality. Like much more, yeah. Like the spirit realm doesn't feel like this far reach yeah. for me. Right now, I don't like see angels like mm. she she sees angels or. Anything like that. But that's what I mean when I say, like, I love how simple she makes things. Because as somebody that is on maybe that more mystical side of things, like, especially in a couple parts of the end two chapters where she just talks about the spirit realm with, like, such, um, like, simplicity. It's like, yeah, of course, like, we can see in the spirit. Like, the Bible says we can. Like, and just, like, saying simple things like that, Mm. it made me not feel like weird. Now I don't see in the spirit in terms of like literally see, but there've been moments in my life where I'm like, I think there's an angel right there, wow. but then I'll easily just be like, nah, like there's <laughs> no way. Cause I can't see it. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like I was encouraged by her book cause she just made like the realm of the spirit seem like super normal hmm. for people who are, who love Jesus, which I just really appreciate. Like sometimes I think we make it weird for no apparent reason, but like what we believe is crazy. Like that Jesus died and resurrected. Like that's very spiritual and physical. And anyway, so Mm. I just love, I love that woman. She's great. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, I know that's a little bit of a tangent. No, no, that's exactly where we're going. That's fun. I just want, more than anything, I think I want your help today understanding what standing in the glory even means. Um, And we've been trying to unpack what does it mean even to praise God? How is that different from worshiping him? Mm -hmm. And we've tried to let Ruth like be our guide, even in the definitions of those words. Um, and yeah, Ruth definitely uses a lot of language in her section on glory about seeing, yeah. like literally seeing, I think in some point she says, we are like, God wants us all to see just as much as Ezekiel or John yes. the visionary. Yes. And, um, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes a little bit, but I'm curious to hear whether you found yourself agreeing with everything she said yeah. or if there's like a different way that we can experience the spirit from one another and that's all beautiful. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I I love, because that's the part that like really was kind of like blessing me. Yeah. Um, where I can see it's challenging though, depending on what lens you're reading it from, especially the, like you want to like the Lord wants us to see as much as all these crazy prophets who, you know, saw value of dry, dead, dry bones, like all that stuff. Right. Like that's intense. Do I believe the Lord wants to give us visions and dreams and see into the realm of the spirit? Yes. I personally think that it depends how we define the word see, Hmm. you know, like I think that's really important. And so for me, when I'm reading that, I'm not 
interpreting that literally as sight. Like I, I see you sitting, you know, mm-hmm. three or four feet in front of me. Sure. Although I long for you to be closer. <laughs> <laughs> Like when I'm reading that, I'm like, like I can see my wife's heart in things like, like, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I can sight is, I think a lot more than just the physical sense of seeing. Sure. Um, and so I guess I'm not so like, I'm not much of a, like, like I don't take it super literally what she's saying. Maybe her intention is literal. I don't know. Sure. I I kind of like that she doesn't make it abundantly clear. Yeah. Because uh, then it leaves us to wrestle. But or I walk away with that, especially that part. And I know this is probably great. way down on, but like where I walk away is like when I read something like that is my first views like skepticism, mm-hmm. or is my first view like interpretation of something like that, like an invitation. Wow. Yeah. Unpack that. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like where people get caught where I've gotten caught, I don't uh-huh. even want to say where people where where I feel like I was caught for so long, especially in realms of spirit. Cause I didn't, I wasn't born and raised in like, um, you don't want to say a non, you, like I wasn't, uh, born and raised in a, in the movement that actively talked about the prophetic or the realm of the spirit or, or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so honestly, in the last probably about 10 years now, it's been a journey. The spirit world has been a journey. I'd say as I've grown in the spirit, I'm able to look at the previous 18 years of my life before I became aware and was like, Whoa, like, their spirit realm was involved in all of this wow. as I've gone on the journey. But where I feel like I, I was getting caught a lot early is like this general skepticism of like, am I just making things up? Like, like, should I use my imagination? Should I not mm. use my imagination? Yeah. Am I just, is this just like fairy tale land like i mm-hmm. my first view of interpretation of anything supernatural let's, let's just call it a supernatural umbrella sure was through the lens of like am i making this up is this just yeah. imagination all those things and then ultimately i i came to a place truly i know this sounds like so simply simple but i came to this place where I was like, the core of what I believe is that God, who was man, <laughs> came down to earth, died, yeah. resurrected from the grave, yeah. and said, greater things that I, can, that I have done, you will do. Like, like, the core of what I believe is totally and utterly supernatural. Wow. So why am I so... Um, why am I so willing to believe that with no hesitations, but like the thought of that, there's the supernatural realm in which God wants to invite me into. And it's actually the supreme realm in which we live. Like, why do I struggle with that? Wow. And truly when I just came to the place of like, Oh, whenever I read a, hear a testimony or read in scripture, of Stephen's vision or mm. of Paul or Peter's trances or, I mean, I know we were jo- joking about the teleport 
adaptation earlier, but like instead of reading all these things through the lens of that was for them, that was for that time, that was for that situation. I'm like, yo, this is the word of God. Like I'm going to read all of this stuff as invitation. So it may not be for me right now, but I don't want my first line of defense to be denial. Like if it's in the word, like I want it to be an invitation. Like I believe the word of God is an open invitation for a life lived with him, with the spirit of God living in me. And so, yeah, that was just like a pretty simple decision that I've made in my life of, yeah. And do I still like struggle with like, am I just making, is that a vision or is that my imagination? Mm. Do I still struggle with that? Absolutely. Mm. Um, and I'm much quicker to be like, God made me with an imagination. Beautiful. <laughs> and so why wouldn't he use my imagination? Why wouldn't he to use my imagination? Cause he put it inside my head. Instead of doubting, am I feeling an angel? Hmm. I just believe that I'm seeing an angel. Cause he says there's angels all around. Right. So why, why is my first doubt? Yeah. I don't want my first reaction to be doubt. Yeah. He, the, what moves Jesus is the heart of faith. And so it's a muscle that I try and stretch actively. And it it's usually great. looks like taking risk and, and truly and, and when reading the word, I think the biggest thing I could say is like looking at all the supernatural experiences as, um, invitations. And when I look at it as invitations, then I'm able to even see my, in my normal, ordinary life, possibilities begin to open up because I'm like, oh, this is an invitation for my mm-hmm. life as well. So anyways, I'm thinking, wow, this is really good. I'm thinking that maybe we don't even realize what is informing our concept of reality. Yeah. Especially in the postmodern West. We're way more subject to enlightenment thinking than we even realize. And what I mean by all of that is like, prove it to me scientifically and then I'll consider believing you. Totally. You go to friends of ours in the global South and tell a testimony about healing. They'll just believe you and start praising God and dancing because they're not subject to the same like postmodern enlightenment soup that we are living in. So I'm glad that you just call that out. Cause like, I want my concept of reality to be informed first and foremost by God and his scriptures. Totally. And I think this is the renewed mind. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm sure even in those days, I don't know this. You'd probably know you're more of a historian than I am, I but <laughs> what? Log- being logical is easy. <laughs> yeah what do you mean i mean like it doesn't take any risk huh. for me to believe something that like scientifically makes sense it's wow. not that science is not important or beautiful or any of the i don't want to go on too much of a tangent here but sure it doesn't it's like you can stand on it with more certainty 100 percent. yeah and and so uh anyways i just like that's what i think the renewed mind where is the renewed mind is that in uh that's romans 12 romans like we need him to renew our mind because yeah. we are under the influence of this age. Yeah. And 
that's not a wrong thing. Like science isn't demonic. Like that's by, f- I am not saying that at all. <laughs> Just Thank to be you for not saying clear, that. You yeah, know, it's good. like it's not demonic. <laughs> it can be used by the demonic, but it's not, it's not the Just demonic. Just like most anything. Just like yeah. the spirit realm can too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it's, we need our mind to be renewed to even know how to operate in our daily living. Yeah. Cause if he doesn't sanctify our mind, and we don't also participate in faith, then we won't see any of these things. That's good. So just to say it, if I can, I think it's Romans 12 two. It says, okay. do not be conformed, conformed. to this world, but be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind yep. so that you might discern what is good in God. And I'm like, I think even conversations like this are so important because they help us recognize what is this world and how is it trying to conform me and how is that conformity different than the renewal that Christ has invited me to. Yeah, that's so good. And like the invitation, I love the word invitation. The invitation in scripture that Ruth is pointing out is, Hey, you can actually believe that you can see the face of Jesus, right? Whether that means literal sight, whether that means some kind of spiritual perception, like you can gaze upon the glorious face of our Lord, and that will be completely transformative for your life. Were you confronted by that? I was totally confronted by that. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, Because I'm over here thinking, like you, often my first response is, I want to water that down. Like, no, maybe she doesn't mean it quite that strongly. Or like, I can imagine Jesus in front of me and I don't know what he looks like or that's nice enough. But I guess one, I don't know if this is true, but maybe speaking for myself, I think I want to minimize that or water it down a little bit out of a place of insecurity because I feel like, golly, I've never experienced a supernatural vision of the divine And does that mean if other people are experiencing that vision and I'm not, that I have less of a meaningful or intimate relationship with God? Mm. And like, does that say something about who I am or like, I promise that I really love God, but, but like, if I'm not seeing his face, then is my love not sufficient enough to see his face? You know what I'm saying? So So like, I think insecurity can kind of bubble up and in order to protect myself in that space, I want to justify a way like oh well people aren't actually seeing jesus because i never have so i want to project my experience on other people but the the beauty of the invitation that you're saying is i'm actually instead of out of a place of defensiveness projecting my experience out i am allowing to other people to share their experience and for those experiences to be like invitations that draw me in a hundred percent and that's, and I find when I'm not a, <laughs> I don't, I'm even hesitant to use the word skeptic. That's not what I'm trying to say. Like when I'm, <laughs> when I'm doubtful, sure. right. When I'm, when I'm like, oh, that, or insecure or what, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's my first layer, the, the likelihood of me going into a radical <laughs> experience. <laughs> like there's not, my heart's yeah. not naturally open mm-hmm. in that, in that heart posture a lot of times. Maybe sometimes it is, but I find that like when I can just be like, I know you want me to see your face. Wow. And so like, I'm going to go on this endless journey of like, like, 
yeah, if I, maybe I haven't had like a spiritual moment where I've like seen your eyes burning, mm-hmm. but like, it's my life's pursuit to see that. Yeah. Like that's my, that's what I want more than anything mm-hmm. is to like see you. And so I'm going to approach you in like whatever way. And sometimes you're going to reveal your face in a vision. Sometimes I believe he's going to reveal his face. I mean, I remember when I was in Mozambique, like I felt like I did some missions work there. Like I felt like I was seeing the face of Jesus and the people in the dirt, you know? And, And so that's where it's an invitation. Like this is the lifelong invitation for us to pursue his face. Like what more could we want? Like that's all we're going to want. That's, that's our heart's desires to see him. Like if we could see him and if my approach in life is instead of like wondering when I'm going to get the vision (laughs) or is is my approach like wondering when I'm going to get the spiritual trance is my approach in life wondering when I'm going to see his face or is my approach like I'm looking like I'm wow. seeking for your face. Wow. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going on a ruthless journey wow. of like pursuing with my whole heart, my whole mind, this one thing that I ask, this one thing that I seek, like it's so far beyond, like so, so far beyond like just a spiritual trance. Although I hope I long for that. Like I want to get lost. Like I want to go to heaven. Like I want, like I want these mm. things, but I also know there is a daily pursuit of my heart that says, I will seek your face. Like I will seek it in, in the ones in whom I do life with. I'll, I'll seek it in the marginalized. I'll, I'll like, I want to go on the life journey of seeking your face rather than just wondering when I'm going to get the spiritual trance. quoted it and I want to read a little bit from Psalm 27 just because I feel like those words are so holy. It's my favorite. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Um, And if you didn't realize that it was Psalm 27, you'll hear it again right here. But this is verse four. And and this really expresses that David is expressing the same kind of passion for the presence of God that you just expressed, AJ. And I... Like sometimes I find myself with this passion. Other times I find myself wanting this passion. Yeah, so, so I don't know if the listener has ever said, I want to want God. Yeah. I bump up against that a lot in so youth ministry. Good. And that is also a holy place. So if it you find yourself so there, holy. yeah, I just want to like praise God for the desire yeah. to desire God. Yeah. But like, let these words be encouraging and maybe even prompting one thing Have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We could keep going, but I think that picture captures what we're saying. Yeah. It's like, it's the pursuit. This is the pursuit. This is what I want, Lord. I want to gaze on your beauty and live in your presence as long as I live. And like, if, if the Christian life should really be boiled down to any one thing, I think that is going to, that's going to encompass all the other important things because there's nothing that matters more than his presence. If I'm seeking his face, I guarantee you, like in all that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you I'm going to be loving. Yeah, (laughs) totally. 
You're going to be loving. You're I'm going to be peaceful. Yep. I'm going to be, I'm going to have mercy. You're going to be convicted of sin and set aside your sin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If that is the pursuit of our heart mm-hmm. to seek his face, to knock, to keep knocking, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And if, if you're a person who's listening and you're still struggling with even that language of what does it mean to seek the face of God? Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage you that it could look like a lot of things. Maybe what would you say to that person who's asking that question? Say that again, Jay? the question. If, if I read one thing I ask that I'll want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord yeah. and someone is hearing that thinking, what does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, we could talk hours we about could. this. Um, <sighs> <laughs> how, so how do I answer this? How do you concisely? seek the face of yeah. God? <laughs> well, first I think it it comes down to my heart posture. Hmm. I think that one of my favorite things that Pastor Jordan says, I, I, I don't know if it's his quote or if he's quoting somewhere else, but I quote him because I think it's so profound, is that God is present with our authentic self. Mm. I love that because I find that he's usually much closer than we could ever know. Um, It's our lack of awareness. It's not on him. It's on us. And I find that my journey has been, yes, are there times where I have to like go looking for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and what that looks like, I mean, just like quick segue and like what that looks like for me oftentimes is asking the Holy Spirit and exploring and being okay if I fail. Like, huh. so like, Lord, what does seeking your beauty and seeking your face look like today? And sometimes that's, I want you to go on a walk and I want you to listen to my word and let it wash you. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I want you aging on your face and I want you to like, like, and I go on this, this journey of like searching, like searching, seeking means searching and searching means seeking. Yeah. Like it, it implies exploration. It implies we're going to take wrong turns. Good. It implies that there's like this exploration, a part of it. And so I try and like, like realize that this is spiritual and this is weird and this is unforeign to this is unforeign this is foreign <laughs> to my natural mind yeah and uh so i just go on this invitation of like and i one of the big things lately that i've been doing just free thing is like i tr- mostly the way i've been encountering the lord is through imagination recently it's been very different for me. I've never yeah. had this, but I felt like the Lord about six or seven months ago said, I want to sanctify your imagination. Your imagination for years was imagining impure things. Wow. And I want you to imagine me. And I want you to imagine my kingdom. And I want you to imagine, like, this is why I think there's so much assault on our imagination because I think God wants to reveal his kingdom come in our imagination. Wow. And that's why the enemy comes and tries to create, especially, well, I shouldn't say in men, in all people, impurity yep. is, lives in our imagination. And totally. then we wonder why our behavior <laughs> is inappropriate. Yeah. But in the imagination, he wants to sanctify. It's the renewal of our mind. He wants to renew it. And so I spend time imagining what his face would look like. I haven't had a trance. Like I haven't been to heaven and seen his face like 
in the way that like you see in the book of revelation, but I, I work on it and I like imagine it and I feel like I'm beginning to know him better like through it. And so there's that piece. Um, I know I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but that was great. But I think to go back to the authentic self, I think oftentimes we're like searching for God and striving rather than like exploration and rest. Mm. And so I find like in the moments where I'm being really disappointed that I can't see his face where he wants to meet me in is in my disappointment. Fascinating. Because that's where my heart actually is. That's wow. Wow. Does that make sense? Great. So, so I think like that, especially, and I see this so much in like youth, like when I was a youth pastor and in young adults, I mean, I see it in adults today, of course, in myself, I see it, but like, I mean, I know there'll be so many times where I'll be God, like, I want to see you. Like, I want to see your face. Like I want to, I, and I'm essentially my, what I wanting and projecting is a vision or a power encounter or whatever. And really where my heart is, I'm experiencing disappointment. Hmm. And he actually wants to meet me as a good, sh- usually my projection of how I want to meet him is different than how he wants to meet me. Wow. And so I'm going on a journey. Most of the time I'm going on a journey or where am I? And usually my, where I'm being vulnerable to the Lord and when I'm like, Lord, I'm anxious, Lord, I'm hurting, Lord, I'm afraid, um, you know, Lord, I'm scared. Yeah. Those are the places where I begin to see his face Wow. and it's much more restful because it's authentic and it's real and that's what he knows how to work with, you know, so that's stunning. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for going there. Yeah. I'm even thinking of myself, like if I'm honest, I've heard some testimonies about people who fall out in the spirit and then are just unconscious for, I don't know, three days. And that entire period of time, they're like communion with God in the third heavenly. I don't even know what that means. But you want it. (laughs) But I, I want that. And part of why I want that is because I really want God. Yeah. Also, part of why I want that is just because it sounds spectacular. I know, know? right? That just sounds wild. I'm like, what a trip. I don't know. And and I think if God wanted us to have encounters like that all the time, we would get them. Yeah. So I'm finding myself in this conversation realizing, oh, if my interactions with the Lord aren't what I'm wanting, then maybe I'm not trusting that what God wants for me is what's best. And I need to figure out how to plug into where he's wanting to meet me. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and it's not, and that doesn't mean you don't, you stop longing for those things. Great. It, Mm -hmm. it comes from like, okay, like I can't make that happen. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I'm going to set my heart on it. Like I'm going to set my heart on it. And I'm going to realize if that's not what you're giving me, you're somewhere else. And that doesn't make me any less than I'm going to search. Like I'm still going to search. I'm still going to knock. You're somewhere else for me right now. Dude, when I was in Mozambique, crazy, like crazy. There was, there was probably, uh, I don't even know how many students there are. I can't remember less than a hundred. 
students are at this thing and like five of them went out for days at a time. Whoa. And by went out, like would you articulate that yeah, yeah, for someone? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, one dude, I was sitting next, this is one of the craziest experiences of my life. We're super ordinary, super rant, like worship set, like nothing, you know, like I wouldn't say like I have, I in that moment have like a particular, wow, the glory was there, you know? Sure. And all of a sudden this guy, it's just like, he's sitting there. No one prayed for him. No one prayed for him. He literally in the middle of the worship set just was sitting next to me. He laid down and he did not get up for six days. Six days. Six days. So was he just like stiff as a board? And like <laughs> stiff as a board. Like you couldn't wake him up. Could not wake him up. And like he would, and we, I mean, I, it, I don't think like going into crazy details, like super matter, but like, sure. He wasn't able to talk, but like the Lord would put on somebody's heart when like he had to go use the restroom and stuff. And like, whoa, pe three people would carry him to the bathroom and then he had like go to the bathroom. Anyways, whoa. after six days, he comes out of the comes and this happened to like five other students. One other person, it was like. He was the longest. There was one person that was like three days. Another person was 48 hours. Happened to quite a few people. And, uh, and he came out of the trance or whatever you want to call this. Sure. I don't even know what you call this. And he was ruined, like in the most beautiful way. Wow. But like he also said that like he never wants that again. Fascinating. Because <laughs> it was so intense. <laughs> you know, and he's like, it changed everything. Like it changed his inside and he had quite a story and such a past and it was such a healing, healing, healing mm. thing. But like, you can't live like in a, in that way, you know, if like we all went out for six days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, society but would, it's crazy, dude, what can apart. happen? <laughs> I mean, I, I was sitting there and you, you, the old, your only response is only God. I mean, wow. how how do you begin to describe that? I mean, dude, this kid probably weighed like a hundred, like super small. He was like five foot five, maybe like weighed 130 pounds. And like we had four full grown men had to carry him underwear everywhere. Cause the like tangible presence of God was resting Whoa. on him so heavy. Yeah, dude. But he wild. like literally weighed more. Literally than just weighed. Himself. Yes. Crazy man. Dude. That was a tangent, but. Oh, that's a fun tangent because I'm thinking in my previous church experience that happens. I'm calling 911. Oh, when you're in Mozambique, you can't call 911. Yeah. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not an option. Otherwise, if we're in the States, absolutely. Totally. What's wrong? Is he dying? Yes. But then but then we realized three or four other, it was all happening at the same time. Wow. And the coolest thing is when they all came out, they had a message for our, wow. and this is where it becomes holistic. I was touched so touch. I mean, that guy having an encounter changed my life. Yeah. Because he released a message mm. after that encounter that changed my life. Wow. Same with this girl. I remember three or four of them like very distinctly. Like they had such profound encounters with the Lord that they're like, again, their encounter led to like transformation in my heart. 
I don't know if this is totally true, but it, just in hearing you talk about this, I'm kind of thinking that person's experience with God, in a way, is also our experience yeah. through testimony. 100%. Like, it, not th- I don't even have to experience that to know that God does that and praise Jesus. A hundred percent. And I think if I have that mentality, then I'm not going to compare myself and think, oh, yeah. bummer, like I'm missing out. Totally. You, you know? know what my favorite part about it? No one prayed for him. He didn't ask for it. <laughs> it just I mean, came on him. Dude, in the middle of worship, he literally just laid down and started soaking him. He got up six days later. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, like uh, I, 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 break breaks my categories. I don't it know. It breaks to do my that. categories too, and I actually believe like it helps us because there's nothing I can do. I can't. I can't make myself have a vision. Yeah. I can't make myself have an encounter with mm-hmm. God. He's the one that moves. Yeah. Like he knows what's best for my life. Yeah. He knows what's best for your life. He knows what's best for every single person's life who's listening. Like he is God. Like he knows our needs. He knows our thoughts. He knows the hairs on our head. And my responsibility isn't to create encounter. My responsibility is to seek. Wow. And like if my life's pursuit is to seek, I can rest and I know I'm playing my part. And he's meeting me in those needs. And all of a sudden, disappointment starts to dwindle. All of a sudden, anxiety and insecurity starts to dwindle when I realize what I'm responsible for in this relationship with God is pursuit. Wow. That's my, res- wow. That's my responsibility. My responsibility is pursuit. This is our life. It's like every relationship. And so if we can pursue him, then I believe the glory comes in however it wants to come. Yes and amen. I can't make the glory happen. Can you? <laughs> Shoot, man. I mean, if I could figure out how the glory came, like. Okay, wow. I didn't even prompt that, but that's a perfect segue. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the book is yeah. telling me that there's a formula. Okay. Um, and it, she doesn't use the language of yeah. formula. But I hear, oh, worship in this, per- or praise in this yeah. particular kind of way. Yeah. And then a different kind of experience called worship is going to happen to you now sit in that and participate with that until God's glory comes Mm. and then stand there. That is the roadmap for every time you go to encounter God. Totally. And if that isn't what happens, you've missed it Mm. or there's been some kind of failure is a strong word, but, um, it was like a, a missing of what could have existed for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that she's trying to communicate it that strongly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I have the temptation to interpret it that way. How do you respond to that? It's a great question. I believe it goes back to invitation. Sure. And I think there's principles. <laughs> and I do think there's a way. I don't think it's the only way. So I do think there's, there's invitation, there's principles and ways. And I, I think that like the invitation, why I think Thanksgiving and praise and worship, like it does lead us into an experience with his manifest presence, which is, which is how I, I mean, this is how I answer what is glory. Like I believe what Mm. is glory is his manifest presence. Hmm. Now, here's where I am, like, super candidly. Like, I'm still in a, um, in a mental conversation, scriptural dialogue of, 
is what's happening when I say I'm experiencing his presence. Is he actually increasing his presence or am I becoming more aware of his presence? Fascinating. I don't know the answer to that. I think there's people on the staff and in leadership and probably we all have different differing perspectives. Sure. I don't know where I land. Uh, I mean, I can say this. I do know there's times where I'm like, okay, like I feel like we're walking on holy ground. Like, yeah, something definitely changed. So I do think there's times where, like, his presence for some reason, collectively seems much more tangible. Uh-huh. Um, and I also know there's times where other people are experiencing his manifest presence. I'm not. So I mean, what I think Ruth's getting at is is that there there's principles and and not only I hate even calling them principles there's there's a roadmap to get us out of our I think it can this is I haven't even really spent a lot of time thinking about this but just going back to earlier in our conversation I think I'm getting some even greater examples mm-hmm. of like we're in this battle of like living in this not like we talk about like this postmodern real like natural fleshly environment. And I think a lot of the times what's happening when we step into Thanksgiving and we start praising him, mm-hmm. ascending the hill, I feel like we're coming out of our like logistical mind and the realm of the spirit is becoming a lot more real. Wow. And I'm actually now in this place of like, okay, here I am. I'm in the heavenlies I'm in, I'm, I'm more aware of God than I'm aware of the table or the person in front of me. Wow. And so that's what I feel like happens. This is what happens for me. So for me, when I enter into Thanksgiving and praise attention comes off of me, like my needs are no longer at the forefront of my mind and I'm stepping in to God and his heart and his desire. And as I begin to praise him and thank him and honor him, I become much more aware of his presence. And when I become much more aware of his presence and who he is, my only natural response is to worship. And when I worship, I then become much more aware of his manifest presence that's with us. Wow. Now, Sometimes that leads to like visions and dreams and all these things. But most of the time, my experience with the glory is, you know, it's, I mean, to me, it's like marriage. It's like, I don't even sometimes need to see my wife to know that my wife's in a room. Huh? What do you mean by that? I can feel her. Like I know when she's near, like I, I don't know. It's love. Like when you, when you're in love, you just like know someone so intently and deeply. I can, you know, I, you know, someone so deeply, you can just look at them with a glance and know exactly how they're doing. Wow. And that's how I feel what happens. Like, that's what the glory is for me. I mean, of course there's been those moments where like I talked about in Mozambique and, you know, spent time, internationally where I'm like, okay, like it feels like we're actually in heaven and every single person we're praying for is healed. And so, yeah, there's are like a greater degrees 
of his glory. And I am still very much a learner on like, why is that that way sometimes? And why is it not the other time? So, I mean, yeah. Can we look at Ruth's thing like a formula? You can. I also don't think like that's a terribly wrong thing. Sure. Um, if the goal's him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's where like, I'm like, yo, like I am, if anyone, you know me, like I'm not a f- math guy, formula guy. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, that's not me. I'm a uh-huh. loosey goosey free spirit. Let's like, that's me, you know? Yeah. And, but like, so when I hear there's like this triggering thing for me that can happen when I'm thinking of like, we enter in and thanks, praise then we go to worship and then the glory comes that can feel formulaic but i'm like if the goal is him right <laughs> to be with him to love him wow. to worship him like am i gonna be am i gonna be upset at the like that this feels like a formula mm-hmm. or am i gonna like set my intent on like we've been talking about this whole podcast my chief pursuit of my life is to pursue him good and if that's what this formula helps me with although i don't think it's a formula like but if we choose to interpret it like a formula but like the formula is to help me in pursuit of him then like sign me up then give it to I'll me i'll do all the math equations you want man <laughs> like, like like sign me up whatever it takes one thing i Four ask this one thing i seek is to gaze upon your beauty yeah. and if there's an invitation in scripture that says enter his courts and his gates with thanksgiving and praise then like is it a formula or is it the word of god like wow i'm glad you say that i don't know i wonder what it is about the word formula that yeah. feels a little triggering to me and i think maybe me too. part of it <clears throat> tell me if you agree with this yeah. but Part of it, I think, is, okay, formula promises an answer yeah. that is dependable. Um, one plus three is always going to equal four, yeah. at least as far as I understand math. Yes. <laughs> Maybe a really... I am the wrong person to even <laughs> confirm and or deny this. Yeah, I never... <laughs> I have a college roommate that's getting his PhD in physics right now. And he told me that two plus two doesn't always equal four, but I don't even want to go down that road (laughs) because I don't know what that means. But uh, anyway, as far as I understand math, um, (laughs) it's dependable. Yes. With a formula, you plug things in and you get a predictable answer. But I think why I don't like the word formula is because God's presence isn't predictable in like a nuanced sense that like, I mean, it's predictable in one sense that I guess if I take my eyes off of myself and turn my eyes toward him, good things are coming my way. Like it's about to be a better experience than if I just had my gaze only on myself. So that's predictable. But what is going to come out of that? It could look like serious conviction of my sin. It could look like a vision or a prophetic word for the person who's standing next to me. I might receive the gift of tongues or I might just have like what feels like kind of a mediocre worship experience, but I'm still opening my heart to the face of God and something significant is happening just by nature of me turning myself toward him.
what I mean? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. If I turn, he's faithful yeah. to those who seek him. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I don't believe like Ruth is saying, like every time you worship, you're going to have a power encounter. Like, right. That's not what I read. It, it, it truly depends how you define glory. And to me, it's the manifest presence of God. And I, there's a lot of reasons why I think sometimes it graders and sometimes I think that the chief thing, if I were to say this, this is a little something that I've been chewing on lately. Mm. I do think the chief thing where there are those like greater dispensations, you know, I mean, I feel like there's those like this last Sunday, man. Like, yeah. I feel like an atheist could have walked in there and no God was in the room. <laughs> you know, yes. like, I mean, that's being hyperbolic, but that's I mean, what it but, felt I, like, but I also think that like, that's very true. Like, yeah. like, you know, I don't go, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent there, but I, I think the chief thing on like those greater dispensations is when our heart posture is that of humility. Wow. Yeah. I think that's why the glory shows up more like in our, in those other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think humility is the key of like, am I approaching him for a certain outcome that I want? Or am I approaching him for him? Wow. Like you just said, like in who, like whoever he wants. Like I feel like when I become much more concerned about him than I do the prophetic word or when I, I become much more concerned about him than the, the vision or him than the, I don't know, the tongues. Like yeah. it's not that you shouldn't desire those things. You should but you shouldn't desire him more than him. That's lovely. And I think that that heart posture has to be humility, which then always creates unity. And when a room is both humble and united, that's what I think is happening in our church right now. Mm. What I think is happening in our church right now is we're entering in humble. Like I think Jordan's messages in a lot of ways are, are creating this environment where and whether it's his sermons or godly, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think humility is starting to become at the forefront of our hearts. And I think we're all realizing how much we have to grow as worshipers and wow. how much we don't know. And I'm, I'm like, one of the, I'm one of the main worship leaders of this church. And I'm like, I feel like every Sunday I'm like, wow, I know <laughs> like so little about worship. <laughs> I'm reading Ruth's, Ruth's book and I'm like, why am I leading worship? <laughs> like Ruth come back, you know? And I think, but what it's doing is it's creating humility in our hearts. That's and then good. there's unity yeah. and there's like unity. Like we're in this together. Like we're going to mm -hmm. fail together. We're going to like praise. And maybe we are not supposed to praise. Maybe we're supposed to worship. But like, even in that unity, I think like when we're unified and humble, it like, it's this big target on our back to where like God's like, I can live and I can dwell there if mm -hmm. I can find a humble wow. and a united people. Wow. That's my conviction. I don't know. I'm exploring it. It's a stunning conviction. The language that's coming to my mind is from Jesus in John 15 about abiding. Yeah. I'm thinking the life 
of the vine will not flow into the branch unless the branch is connected. And so like, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says right there. I'm thinking about a branch that's unplugged. It's just a loose branch floating in space that it's got no life flowing into it. Right. So, I like that because it doesn't feel like, oh, God is up in the sky waiting for us to check off a certain list of important things. And then he'll like, oh, now you're good enough for me. Yeah. It's like God's wanting to flow, but he can't unless we're opening ourselves to him. You know, he's not going to force himself on us because he gives us the dignity of choice. Oh, you're preaching. Wow. (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) Loki, one of the greatest preachers of all time, no. <laughs> is oh, Benjamin no. Olsen. Oh, no. <laughs> You're too kind. So good, dude. Um, When you say you define the glory as the manifest presence of God, mm-hmm. I feel like manifest is a word that has been a little confused yeah, in, in our culture lately. Um, I think of like my heart for my fiance Haley mm. is made manifest in the time that I spend with her yeah. or in a gift that I give her yeah. or in affection that I show her in a love note or a yeah. bouquet of flowers or whatever. Like I can make my heart manifest in a yeah. handful of ways. I'm wondering how does God's presence manifest mm. um, in your experience? Oh, it's a great question. I mean, there's no like singular way sure um at all really like i feel like sometimes his tangible presence manifests through tears wow sure um that happened earlier today twice <laughs> thank you jesus <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um it happens through other people's faces huh. it happens through the like weird supernatural that I'm like, this is crazy. Like all of a sudden for no apparent reason, I feel the sense of awe. I feel the sense of like, I'm walking on holy ground. Like I, wow. I don't know what to do, but just stick up my arms. I have no words to say. I, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah. So it really changes. It's yeah. It changes within a set. Sometimes I'm like, I'm, I just imagine like, and I feel like he meets me in my imagination and all of a sudden it's manifest. It's tangible. It's like, I want to dance for you. I don't wow. know why I want to dance, but I'm going to dance. That's good. You know? So yeah. Like, I don't a, know how much that answers. No, it does. Question. Manifestations, I think could be boiled down to just something you can perceive. Yes. In any sense. Intangible. I think it was tangible is like good. Tangible. Intangible is funny. Well, how can something unseen be tangible? <laughs> like totally. I get it. But, You know, I mean, like, look, like when I see my wife, like I get excited, (laughs) even if she like doesn't do anything. She's just sitting there. A lot of times she's just sitting there. Yeah. But like, she like, but something otherworldly comes over me and I'm Uh. just like, ah, I exude with zeal and passion and excitement and like my love becomes tangible for her, you know? That's beautiful. And she's not actually doing something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, huh? She's just there. She's just there. And your, your body, your spirit, your heart, your mind has an actual response to her presence. You know, like 
same way of like, <laughs> like a fame, your fame, your favorite famous athlete was like walked into a building. Yeah. He would do nothing but just walk in. And there's this thing that evokes in you of like intimidated, excited, awe, like all these things. Good. And so that's how I think the presence is, you know? Yeah. And I spend time, yeah, like exploring, like how does, like where is he? You know, not here, he's here, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways. That's good. I Part of why I asked that question is because some of the things Ruth brings up in her book yeah. are like, oh, the glory of God was made manifest in our worship set that day because there was a literal cloud yeah. that entered the room and we saw like the smoke as it might have been manifest on Mount Sinai with Moses. And I've never witnessed anything like that, but I want it, but I believe through faith that that happens and I would love it. Or like the gold dust. Yeah. Have you heard stories about that? Oh dude. Yeah. I want to see it. If that is new to the listener, maybe would you just mention like what that even is? Yeah. I mean, there's testimonies throughout the world Mm-hmm. that I've heard and listened to of that when churches or people groups have sung in worship, a literally gold cloud wow. sparkles in the room. It's fascinating. And it, like everyone can see it. Everyone or, can see it. It's not a trance. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a trance. It's not a, I mean, I've, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, Glory dust ever. That's what a lot of people call it. Glory dust. I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I have seen a couple times indoors in big settings, like literal feathers. What? Like floating in the air. I've seen it. It's crazy. Wait, I don't know how what? to, <laughs> I don't know how to explain you just it. drop that one. Really? Yeah. I've seen it. You're yeah, just worshiping yeah, and then just feathers are just floating. I see like feathers. I'm like, do you see that? And they're like, Whoa. yep. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. That stuff's crazy. I long, like I so long to see like the, 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 like gold, the, the cloud is the one, man. Like yeah. I want that. <laughs> like I, I want that. But here's the, th- yeah. here's the thing. Like yeah. I want him. Yeah. You don't want the cloud this, for the cloud. This sake. is where I think people can get like, that's good. They can get hung up. It's like Ruth knew the glory was there because a cloud came. It didn't say they were pursuing the cloud that they were pursuing, like they were pursuing him. And this is how his tangible presence decided to manifest. Wow. And I mean, shoot, I hope like that would happen in us. I mean, the glory cloud showed up for the Israelites, you know, and That's right. And remained for yeah, 40 p- years. Part of me also doesn't want it. Cause I'm like the glory cloud came in wilderness season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the Israelites were obviously de- terrified of it. Oh uh, yeah. Which like the terror that might come with something like that is, I don't know. Maybe that's a different conversation yeah, because totally. I think of Jesus and the Lord is so yeah. compassionate and tender and gentle, which yeah. he is. That's totally. part of the paradox of the nature of God. Totally. Yeah, his glory comes and people get healed. Like, I think that's a tangible manifestation mm. of his glory. I'm glad glory. you brought that up. Like, people get healed. Ruth mentions that. It's like, if if glory is in the room, I, I don't want to say this outright, because I know sometimes sick people or injured people yeah. leave a room that had glory in it and they're still sick or yeah. injured. 
but she makes some claim like injury and sickness won't remain in the glory. Yeah. And so healing just comes. Yeah. Um, and whatever that means. Yeah. Praise Jesus for it. Yeah. And I know that's happened in our midst. Yeah, it has Uh seen it. It's crazy. (laughs) I don't, that's where I, one of the things I love about books like this is for some reason, I wasn't even planning on using the word invitation. Yeah. But I want to do a better job of like when I like, of like asking like in those worship sets when the glory comes like, Lord, would you heal people right now? Like, I don't know. That's neat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. It's good, bro. When we're talking about manifestation, another thing that I'm thinking about just because of my personal experience is physical shaking or like goosebumps, but sometimes goosebumps turned up to a really loud volume. Uh, I, I have, I, I don't know how this even happened. Yeah. But somewhere along the line, participating in Riverhouse worship, I started manifesting. I remember when that happened. Do you remember when that started happening? <laughs> it made me so I was like, come on, Lord. I like it wasn't something I was seeking. Yeah. It wasn't something I even asked for. And it's still kind of subtle. Like I don't want to overstate it. Yeah. But I feel like a severe case of goosebumps every now and again when the Holy Spirit comes. And like just that moment when you mentioned you saw feathers in that worship room, Mm -hmm. like I felt it such that I couldn't help but shake a little in my body. And sometimes I like close my eyes and squint and my head like shakes back and forth. And it's not because I'm doing it. It's like my body is responding to a real thing that I'm experiencing. And I know not everybody does that. I didn't do it for almost any of my life until the and past. And it wasn't even intentional. No, for sure not intentional. Yeah. Just no, the last like year and a half, I just do that sometimes. That's what I tell most people. I'm like, yo, like I manifest weird. Like a lot of the times, like my, I don't know how to explain this, but my physical body is very, uh, very sensitive hmm. to the presence of God. It just is. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny is... I think it has been like even my whole life, wow. but I didn't even realize it like as a kid. Cause I didn't have language for this, but I like, as I've like, I like my body on pretty much like whenever I pray or whenever we're in worship, like usually something in my body manifests, even if my mind or my spirit, like if, even if I don't feel connected to God, sometimes my body will like react. Whoa. I don't know why. Sometimes I feel crazy. Um, sure. Candidly. Um, but that's, I used to be so insecure about it. I really did. I was so insecure. I would, I would think people are going to think I'm looking for attention or that I'm some supernatural charismatic weirdo. Sure. Um, or but even that you have some kind of disorder. The thing that's wrong with me. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I've come at rest. I have zero answers. Hmm. I can't tell you why it happens. Funny. Except for some reason, my body is really sensitive to that. I mean, dude, one time, can I share a story? Please. Is that fine? Absolutely. I mean, probably a lot of you, a lot of you on this podcast, like you even saw it. I mean, you probably see me do things at church all the time, but... <laughs> But we had a guest speaker one time 
come and pray for me. Or they like called me up and I stood up and this person prayed over me and I had my eyes closed and I like flew back like three rows and I fell onto the ground and I started shaking, convulsing like uncontrollably, like uncontrollably. And I was really upset candidly at this moment. Wow. I was upset because I thought she pushed me. Whoa. And I really did. I thought this person pushed me because I've been in environments where that's happened. That's wrong. We're not about that here. Amen. Okay. Um, I have also been environments. Yeah. Not fun. Same. Yeah. I, I thought that she pushed me, but then I was also in this mental place of like, my body is like uncontrollably shaking on the ground right now. And I have no idea why it's happening. Wow. No idea. No, no idea. And I was probably on that ground for at least 20, 30 minutes, just shaking in pain. It hurt. Like it really hurt. And I came out of it. My mind, the whole time I was down there, I was in this war of like, why is this happening to me? If she pushed me, huh? Right. Wow. Why is this happening? Of to me? course. And anyways, then I just felt like the Lord said, just yield to it. And so I just laid there. I let my body shake. I wasn't hearing God. I wasn't seeing him. I was nothing. My body was just responding to something. I ended up getting up. I looked at Carrie. I'm like, why did she push me? Carrie looks at me and she goes, she was at least five to 10 feet away from you the whole time. She no one never laid, even touched No one you. even laid hands on you. And I went home Whoa. and I processed with the Lord that night. And this isn't scripture. This is my experience to be like abundantly clear. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but I went home that night and I was like, Lord, why does this happen? Like, why do, why does my body manifest? Like, why, like, why are like all these things happening where I'm not even understanding like my mind is not understanding what's happening. I literally said that to him and he said, it's not for you to understand. <laughs> and he said, do you trust me? Yeah. Like, do you trust me? And I, if I want you to know something, I'll tell you. Yeah. But like, are you on the, like he said this, are you picking up? Are you dying to self? Wow. Like if I want to do something, in, are you mine? Like, are you mine? Whoa. If, if you, if, uh, if AJ, if you're my possession. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That I don't need to tell you what's happening in you. Wow. I want you to trust me that like, if I want to do something in you, whether you know it or not, like, are you my possession? And I was confronted in that moment where I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I have so much more to yield to him because I am looking at like that encounter was for me. Wow. He wasn't encountering me for me. He's encountering me for him so he can use me. This is make sense. Yes. So anyways, like, and then I've had moments where like my body has manifested and I have do get understanding, but that was just like a really crazy moment for me where like God was, He's like, do you trust that I love you enough that I would tell you if you needed to know? Wow. I mean, that was my experience, you know? And so I can't say that like, that's what I heard. And, and so anyways, yeah, that's a lot, but 
I don't know why it happens, it's but beautiful. I think like the supernatural is real. And when we open up mm-hmm. to the supernatural, whether we're open to it or not, Saul surely wasn't open to it when he was walking on the road. Totally. He wasn't open, but like thrown off his horse. Blind, blind, blind. scales. <laughs> I'm glad I haven't had that manifestation. Yeah, Lord, help us not have that. How do you, so how have you processed like your body responding? Wow. Cause I've seen it. You'll lead worship and I, I see it yeah. even in our conversation. I saw it a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think I process with the Lord by, um, like I feel it. And then I say, okay, Holy spirit, I acknowledge you. Ah, it's so beautiful. This is you. You're in this, you're in whatever was just said or in this space with significance. Yeah. This morning I was having a Bible study with a high school student who, um, has no categories for this kind of stuff. <laughs> so it definitely would have thrown her off to yeah. see me shaking very much. Yeah. Uh, and yet I still like shook a little bit. I yeah. tried to suppress it just to make her feel more comfortable. Totally. But then I asked the Holy spirit in my heart, um, mm-hmm. what about what she just said? Were you on that you want me wow. to respond to? Like, is there something there that you want me to speak to? And there was, and I just really encouraged oh, so her. Beautiful. It was really cool. So it's almost like he uses that as like a sign for you. Yeah. Like it, you need to do something here. That's I I think so. Oh, it's it's so like cool. he tapped on my shoulder and said like, "Oh, that's a good thing." Oh, I love like, that. Listen oh. to what she just said, and then say this. Yeah. Um. And again, like that's not very clear. I'm yeah. doing that in faith. Yeah. Because I think, oh, okay, well, if I felt the Holy Spirit on what she just said, then then how, Lord, can I respond in a so way that beautiful. would really bless or edify her? And then, you know, I said some things and then all of a sudden, like, see her starting to tear up. That. Oh, my god! Or, like, remain silent for a uh, moment because Lord, she needed the encouragement. You're so good. And it's like, wow, thank you, Jesus, Oof. for just speaking to me. And even when I think, and this is, this is a, a place maybe where we can land the plane. Um, even if you've never experienced one of these manifestations of God, one that I didn't even mention today that I thought was so fun is one time God spoke to me through a smell. Whoa. You've had that? I had that once. Oh, that's so cool. It was so cool. I've heard stories of that. I have such a funny story. I'm not going to say it. It's hilarious. (laughs) Can I please? It's like a smell one. Okay. okay. It's like hilarious. I think you all going to laugh. But that's okay. (laughs) No, no. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, don't forget. But I guess where I want to say is. The smell was really cool. Praise God for the smell. I guess that's exactly what I needed and I didn't even know it. But, and I could share that story another time, but um, I guess bottom line, if you have never experienced any of these supernatural manifestations and you're feeling yourself right now, like why God, what's going on? Um, Just remember that if you're feeling disappointment, invite the Lord into that disappointment and perceive all of these things as invitation I saw myself in that place for so many years. And in some ways I still do see myself in that place. Like I've never gone out in the spirit. People lay hands. Other people are falling. I've never done that. I think, Lord, why? Or, you know, I didn't receive the gift of tongues until I was 28, 27 years old. Um, And for years and years I thought, Lord, why? Like what's wrong with me? And I I just want to encourage you that nothing is wrong with you. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with you. Your and, heart is perfect. Oh, is and, so and I think I think one thing I recognized is that God maybe had been speaking to me my entire life. Yeah. And I just thought it was so my good. head. It's so good. 
This I, is so good. Isn't that so important? Yes. Oh, I love that. And can I give one more? Please encouragement just on this? go for it. Like my encouragement, pastor Stephen George, mm, God bless. Shifa's dad <laughs> said this to me. Um, when Carrie and I were trying to get pregnant, we were actually pregnant at this time. We just didn't even know it when he said it. Wow. Thank you, Lord. But he said, AJ, we were talking about getting pregnant and the vulnerability of getting pregnant and how like, yeah, like, I mean, there's only so much you can do, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's such a miracle and a mystery. And I was telling him, yeah, I just was feeling vulnerable. Like we hadn't had any problems, but I was just like feeling vulnerable about the process of getting pregnant and he looked at me and he said, AJ, p- pray for other, cause, oh, cause what happened in our situation is all of our friends got pregnant, like really quick. And like, we were about to start, but I was nervous. Like, is this going to be a year process, two year process, one time process? Like, you know, sure. and I was feeling really vulnerable and, and afraid. Candidly, I was afraid. I had fear. And, uh, I had fear of disappointment. Wow. <laughs> Fear of the potential of disappointment. <laughs> Not even disappointment. Right? So You're crazy. Yeah. Dis- yeah. No, and thanks for being he honest. He looks at me and he says, AJ, I encourage you, pray for the blessing. Like when you see somebody who does get pregnant, celebrate. Like yeah. when you see somebody who does get the like gets pregnant, celebrate it. Rejoice in it. Bless mm. it. Bless it. That's like, because good. it will create humility in you. You'll like confront comparison. You'll confront victim mindset. Wow. And you'll like come into a place of honor, which then positions your heart in the right place. And it's not a transactional thing, but it's the, it's like a principle of the kingdom. That's very good. You know? And so like, if you're seeing somebody, one of my favorite things, and I think this <laughs> is what was happening in you, Benji, you you like celebrate people so beautifully. I remember when you first came here and you're seeing all this stuff, like I re- I could see like this was stretching you, totally. but you didn't stay there. <laughs> huh. You blessed, you encouraged, you honored. I remember one of my favorite things about you. You'd always come and ask me questions like, huh. how did that happen? Like, what is like, it's just beautiful. Yeah. My other friend, uh, Michael Herbs, like he does this so well. He like uh-huh. celebrates when he sees other people get the breakthrough that he wants. Yeah. And if we can, I'm just telling you, I promise you, I'm not going to promise you it will happen for you and what you think. But if you could step into celebration and blessing when you see other people encountering God in ways that you want, it'll it'll prime your heart for God to encounter you in the way that you need. Wow. Because that, it will get you out of victim mindset and it will get you into humility. Well, you should write a book on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all from Pastor Stephen George that I've just then applied in these other areas, you know? Wow. So. That was stunning. <laughs> and the way that you need, I think, was the part that hit me especially. Yeah. And it's not a transactional thing. No. It's just an invitation for God to move the way that he knows yeah. he needs to. So good, dude. Wow. Should we call it there? Did you want to go Let's back to your smell story? That's <laughs> so dumb. It's a dumb story. <laughs> that sounds fun. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can cut this out if you need to cut it out. Sounds good. But if you're still listening, but, but, it's because I like it. You know what? I'm not going to share this story. Never mind. Really? No, nope, I'm not going to share it. Wow. Now they're all on the edge of their seats. <laughs> I'll cut all fine. this <laughs> Fine. Okay. I know somebody who like for a multiple year stretch or a year stretch was like 
having the like fragrance of God show up wow. in their life, like on a consistent basis. And like this, at this point, like this is like the very beginning of like my heart. Op- this is, you know, 10 years ago now, 11 and my heart, this is like right when my heart's being open to like the things of the spirit and all that stuff. And, uh, and so I'd hear these testimonies. And when I first started hearing these testimonies, man, like I would look for stuff everywhere, like everywhere. Like I had like the classic, like, like six month, like charismatic mountaintop, like faith, mm, you know, zeal. like just the yeah, zeal, you know, so fun. Uh, definitely seeking the experiences, not him, but true over time. Praise God. But anyways, <laughs> so I was, I was hearing all these testimonies of, I was hearing all these testimonies of the fragrance of God showing up in this person's midst. So anyways, Carrie at the time was my, who's now my wife was my girlfriend. We went to church together and we're sitting in church and I just start praying. It's like, Lord, I want the fragrance of God to show up. Like I want the fragrance of God to show up. And so we're in worship and I'm like trying to smell. I'm like, (laughs) and all of a sudden you're expectant. I like get this whiff. And I was like, the fragrance of God is here. I began weeping. I began, the whole thing. I was like, yes, it's here. You have arrived. I look at Carrie. I'm like, do you smell that? And she looks at the few points of the person that's sitting in front of us. She just like put sweet pea bath and body work lotion on. And I thought it was the fragrance of God. Yes. So for like four years uh, after that, every Christmas in my stocking, Carrie would get me sweet pea lotion from Bath and Body Works. Because I thought it was the fragrance of God. Oh, I love that. Which I think it's the closest thing. If you've ever smelled sweet pea Bath and Body Work lotion, I think it's probably the closest thing to the fragrance of God as there is. Wow, that's holy. And you know, that expresses a lot of things that I think land the plane really well today. You know, we need to be humbled (laughs) and we're here for the Lord. Oh, you're doing such a good job, Benji. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you, AJ, for being so honest with us. Your insight is invaluable. And I know that will encourage a ton of people. So thanks. Mm -hmm. Love you. Love you.